We all experience loss. It's a challenge of life that we have to deal with. And one loss that is shoved behind the curtain and not talked about very much is miscarriages. Roughly one in every three pregnancies ends in a miscarriage. Meaning you almost definitely know someone that's had one. They've almost definitely never told you. It's going to be a challenging thing, but we, but this grief can help you in your growth as a dad. I've been through it, and we talked to Dustin Homan, who's also been through it as well. Don't be afraid to talk about the challenging issues. The challenge can make you a better dad. Let's get into it. Welcome, Daddios, to the Indie Dads Podcast. I'm your host, Ethan Reese, a dad who's trying just like you. And this show is dedicated to the joys and challenges of fatherhood in Indiana and beyond. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the Indie Dads Podcast. Because when it comes to being a dad, we're all in this together. Um, Dustin is, you know, your story, how you became a dad. Thanks, Ethan. How I became a dad, I can vividly remember the day that, well, first of all, my wife and I were living in Columbus, Ohio at the time. So I can vividly remember the day that we walked into the the doctor's office for our first ultrasound. They've got my wife propped up on the bed and the nurse comes in. We're nervous. We're nervous about it. The reason we're nervous about it is we had had two miscarriages. So yeah, just the anxiety of not knowing, first of all, like if she was pregnant and then if she was, was it going to be, you know, a healthy and viable baby? So I can remember the nurse kind of uh, walking us through the process and trying to ease our nerves. And she said that she was going to look at the screen first. And then she would turn it around to us because she knew our history. And she looked at the screen and it was just silence, Ethan. And I think for both of us, we thought like, oh no, not a third time. And so then she smiled and she turned the screen around and I saw it before my wife. And I remember there were two like bubbles and I'm like racking my brain back to fifth grade when I took health class. Like, okay, which one? Like, which one's the baby and which one's the like embryotic sac? And it turns out that they were both babies. And so I remember asking the question to the nurse, like, so which one's the baby? And she's like, they both are. So I was quite a surprise. And we like to say that God got the first two babies and he blessed us with. Uh, the two that we have now. So we have twins. Uh, they are four years old, Job and Christian. They are fraternal twins, different humans. Just, <laughs> I mean, like they look very different. Uh, they sound different. They have different interests, but we, we often hear from people like, oh, twins, it must have been hard. But like I mentioned to you earlier, we didn't know any different. They were our first kids. So we've kind of feel, feel blessed by it because they, they have a play partner at all times too, right? So it's like, as a dad, if you're exhausted with the twins, you can just go play by yourselves for a little bit and, you know, you can recuperate. So anywho, we've got the twins, Job and Christian, and then 
Shortly after they were born is when we made the transition to Indianapolis. My wife's family is from here originally. I grew up in Ohio and we wanted to be close to family to help raise our kids because that was important to us. And I also have some family here that I'm close with as well. So we made the move and like two years after we had the twins, we uh, were blessed with our third and hopefully last in my my wife wants a big family and I wanted two. So I feel like three was a good negotiation. But uh, our third, his name is Solomon and he'll be two in July. So that's a little bit about our family. My wife's name is Emily. And as you and other dads listening know, uh, she's a saint. There's, I'm so blessed that I found her, uh, that she said yes, and that we're together because uh, she she's just a glue behind our entire family. She's, we're lucky that she gets to work from home. And so she gets to be here with the kids and she takes them to preschool and we're just really blessed by that. So that's a little bit about my family. That's awesome. And uh, we actually lost our first two to miscarriages as well. Yeah, and that, that's, it's just devastating, especially your first, like, cause you're all excited and then you lose it and then you lose again. And then you're just, you're scared if you ever get pregnant again. Like, yeah. you're, you're, every time it's scary. You're always thinking about, that's always in the back of your mind. So yeah. I, I'm interested enough from you and, and maybe other dad, other dads who are experiencing this might, might be able to relate, but how did you cope with that and be there for your wife? That was difficult. I mean, we handled it two different ways. Uh, I'm kind of a, a guy that just tries to not think about it. I I love comedy, so I listen to stand up all the time, try to make myself laugh and do that. She kind of went into a depression. Obviously, that's not a surprise. We were about 13 weeks along, so just right at that first trimester. And it was just a rough time that only really time can get you through it. I think, I don't think there's any other way because getting pregnant again is just as scary. And when we did lose another one, it doesn't necessarily help help ease the pain because we still remember the two we lost. And yeah, like you said, the two with God and the solace we took out of it was they felt no pain. They got to go to heaven as angels. They never sinned. There's nothing bad on them. Their first steps were in heaven. Like that's the kind of things we kept saying to ourselves. And that I think kind of helped a little bit because they didn't experience pain because it's just a brief thing that happens. And that that was tough, but that's kind of how I did that. Yeah, I appreciate you sharing that. I remember I, I struggled like being there for my wife and trying to con- convince her that like she wasn't broken, like her body wasn't broken. And I think like when you said, when you get to the second one, I don't know about you guys, for us, we started thinking like, there's something wrong with us. Is this, is this going to be a struggle that we hadn't planned on? So it's also hard too, because during that time, we, there were family members and friends who were announcing their pregnancy and they had no idea we'd had miscarriages. It's like, how do you, you want to be happy for them, but got this like deep pain within you that you're trying to process too. And so 
Uh, I wish we talked about it more. My wife tells me I'll tend to like, I just wish it was more conversational so that people know, knew like, it's okay. Did, did you guys like, like tell people on social or just out in the world that you did have it or was it just kind of to yourselves? There, not at first, we didn't really tell many people because there was that stigma attached to it. Then, mm -hmm. And I, I feel the same way about mental health and that's something we talk about later, but kind of a stigma attached to it. And the best way to battle the darkness is to bring it to light. And so for that, as, after we'd had our, our second miscarriage and really it was after we got, I think we got through, uh, we had the twins, we became much more conversational about it. We weren't afraid to share it with people. Mm -hmm. And we wanted people to know that we had struggled with that. My wife is very empathetic and I know, I feel like she kind of felt it was her mission to let other women know that she had had that experience. And if they needed someone to talk to, she was there. So there's, there's some good that came out of it. Yeah. And that's something that like we struggled with and we did eventually tell people about, about a week later after it happened and the amount of people that came out support and to tell us that they've been through it too, because no one talks about it. You had no idea. People in my family had had miscarriages. My grandmother had a stillborn that I didn't know about. And like these stories, they just don't talk about and like it's family and, but it's just, uh, the support you get from it. Like, don't be afraid to air out your grievances because you'd be surprised at people I didn't talk to from college that reached out and, well, I mean, there, there's a lot of support out there Absolutely. for, for whatever struggle you're going through. Don't be afraid to, well, most people aren't going to just bash on you or it's a tough time. Yeah. Yeah, it, absolutely. So I'm glad you guys got that story out. Hope you continue and we'll continue mm -hmm. to, and other dads need to, and moms need to as well. And yeah, reduce the stigma. Yeah. And for me, I, I, I was so naive that I didn't really even understand what a miscarriage was. Like, like as, I think as guys, we don't even get to that part in health class or anything. Like, you're like, okay, you get pregnant and you have a baby. And as long as like you don't drink or fall, have like a car accident or something, everything goes okay. Yeah. Let's go back to your point earlier. Where it's, <laughs> like you knew these basics things, right? Like don't, don't, don't drink alcohol if you're pregnant or yeah. Like don't, don't sleep on your stomach. Don't, I don't know. Some of these basic things, but I'm just always amazed how like my family tree has survived because I hear <laughs> stories from like my grandparents and great grandparents like, oh, when I was pregnant with your mother, you know, I, I had a couple drinks. I'm like, how in the world is <laughs> our family tree still lit thriving? Because <laughs> there's just so many times along the way that it could have been chopped down hearing oh, yeah. some of these stories. but Or, but, or just driving in the car, standing up in the backseat. Yeah. No car seat. Oh, yeah, yeah we didn't just... have car seats. We'd have seat belts. You didn't need any of that. No. Laying in the back window. <laughs> yeah. It is amazing the difference. My my dad told me a story the other day where he was like a probably ten or eleven and he got on a train, an actual train, uh, in Indianapolis somewhere and ended up in Anderson with another kid. His parents didn't even know. He they just got on another train and went back. Like and they had no idea. He was gone for hours and no idea. Like, I just can't even believe that. I mean, that would be all over social media and the media. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's great. Yeah, you go to jail. I mean, there'd be yeah. so many things wrong with that. It was just such a different culture back then. 
Well, we grew up in a, I grew up in a pretty rural area too. So, I mean, it's been even difficult for me parenting now in a more suburban area because uh, I didn't do anything as crazy as your dad, but we'd hop on our bikes when our parents weren't around and just take off. Who knows where we went for the afternoon. And uh, honestly, I really wouldn't feel comfortable doing my kids doing that this moment and where we live. But uh, yeah, it's just a different time. Yeah, completely different. So in all of this, what has been the biggest surprise for you in being a dad? The grocery bill. Jeez, um, peds. It is yeah. surprising how much they actually eat. Like, oh my gosh. Tonight, our two-year-old ate everything. We had tacos. He ate everything on his plate. He then proceeded to grab his brother Christian's plate and finish it off. Then grabbed his brother Joe's plate, finish it off. And then we had to feed him chips and a sweet treat to finally get him to calm down. Like, I had, I was not expecting our grocery bill to go up for kids under five. Like I'd heard about the teenage boys, like they'll eat you out house at home. Man, like under five crowd. Hey, have you experienced sound girls? Oh yeah. Yeah. They, <laughs> they'll eat a whole pizza by themselves. Like we get them a like 10 inch pizza mm-hmm. and they'll eat it all by themselves. And like my, my youngest, she just, she ate three hamburgers tonight. It is, it is crazy how like, where do you put it? That's all I want to know. It's like it, they go to guys... sleep. They go to sleep with this big belly. Wake up, it's completely flat. It's like, how does this work? Like, why is my body not doing that anymore? <laughs> Man, if you could find that secret, you'd be a millionaire. Exactly. Uh, the, yeah, the grocery bill. But it's on the funny side. I on the the struggle piece. I I've struggled with like prioritizing. And I think other dads. I've heard other dads too. But it's like you say. Or at least I say, I want to be my, I want my priorities to be that first of all, I'm a Christian and then I'm a husband and then I'm a father and then I'm a teacher, my job, but man, I feel like I got this backwards. It is one of the hardest things to do. There's, there's no talk about work-life balance. It's mentioned all the time, but it's like, it's an impossibility. Like you can't be perfect at it. You got to kind of accept that you won't be perfect at it and just kind of be around as much, I think for your kids. And I think everything else falls in place, but it's still you're, difficult. You're right. I'm, I'm learning more and more just being present, actively present. Mm-hmm. I feel like is a big win for me. And sometimes that just consists of us like sitting on the couch and occasionally watching a show together or reading a book together like doesn't have to be anything exorbitant i think as a teacher i often feel like i have to come home with a lesson plan i have an activity planned and when i don't then i feel like i'm failing Mm -hmm. so i'm trying to shift that mindset too it's okay some days if you're exhausted just come and just be present like just be there yeah and 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 know that yeah no i used to be a coach and that was kind of the same thing Mm -hmm. like i need to show them how to do this like can be successful at it instead of just letting them learn it through their own ways because everyone does things differently and mm-hmm. every kid's different in how they learn and how they kind of grow and so that that was a challenge for me as well i think it's also important for our kids to see us passionate about something mm-hmm. and driven and wanting to to succeed also wanting to grow ourselves 
I'm taking another graduate course is what I should say in the evenings. It's, it's a little stressful, but like, I want my kids to see that I'm not stalling out in my career. I do care about it because I want them to, right? When, when they get old mm -hmm. enough, like that's what we're, we're going to drive our kids to pursue excellence, to be passionate about things, to find out what they, they want to do eventually in a career. And both my wife and I have said, we want to model that. Yeah, we did. We just had a, my last interview I did with Adam Rin. He mm. talked about that same thing, being that role model for them and showing them what success looks like. And yep. that's, that's definitely very true because you do want to be there for them, but you, at some point they need to see what it means to be successful and what it means to do something you love. Like you can be successful and make a whole lot of money, but if you don't love what you're, you're doing is going to be the same thing. So yeah, that's, it's, that makes the, that makes the work-life balance even harder for sure. Especially if you have to go to do extra schooling and everything like that. That's, that's a lot. But on the flip side, it's also really fun to get them to try to get them excited about the things that you're passionate about. So my wife and I, we both enjoy running and our boys, our twins have been in the backyard, like racing each other between fence yeah. posts. Uh, cause we told we're getting, we're getting to have them run in the kitty run that the 500 festival puts on. So they're like all excited about it. They're going to get there. This will be their third medal now that they've got like, so it's fun to be able to incorporate them into our own hobbies and passions as well. It's also nice to like finally have someone to do nerdy things with, right? Like some of my buddies don't want to do some of the stuff that I find interesting, but I can make my boys do it and yeah. have some company. Yeah. I, I love to like, I love musicals and singing and dancing and all that stuff. And my girls love to do the same thing. They don't want me to sing, but I can dance with them at least. Dance parties are the best. Yes, for Even sure. And we had one before I went to bed tonight. That's the other fun thing about being a dad. I feel like it's just these spontaneous moments of being a kid again. You get to kind of step away from being an adult a little bit. Yeah, you have to be the adult for them and the parent, but you get to have that side of you that may have been dormant for a while. And that's, yeah. that's always nice. And well, wife and I have joked in the past that we can finally go to the children's museum now and people don't give us weird <laughs> looks because we have kids with us. <laughs> Yeah, our baby moon, uh, we went to Atlanta Zoo so my wife could feed the pandas down there. And uh, I just paid for her to do it because it was kind of expensive. So I was just out there by myself and I had a camera around my neck and everything. I was like, man, I'm weird. And then I noticed I was checking out strollers because we were about to buy one. So I looked even weirder looking at everyone's strollers, trying to like, oh, that's a cool one. Like, I was like, that's the other thing that happens when you become a dad is you start, uh, it's like the way that guys do with cars. Like, oh man, that dude's got a sweet car. When you become a dad, you start doing that with like strollers. And uh, those, what were those called? Those things that you like. Strings. Strap, yeah, you strap your kids on like, which swing do I want? And, uh, and oh, yeah. What innate, I think it's innate in dads and guys. Gotta have the gadget. Like, yeah, that's the right. The news. Yeah, the newest gadget. It's fun. I mean, with this being the indie podcast too, I think it's fun as a dad to ingrain some of our local culture, yeah, uh, into into our kids and to get them excited about their heritage and where they grew up. So, for instance, in our household, like this whole month is about the Indy Five Hundred, and we've been watching IndyCar on TV. The boys 
pick their favorite drivers. I made the mistake one time of calling one driver uh, a donkey, but using the other word. And it was oh, yeah. right about the time that my boys were repeating things. So oh, yeah. I heard one of my kids yell at the screen at a later race, like, oh, there's that. It's like, oh, we got to shut this down. So we call <laughs> we call him donkey now, but my kid, no, like, we don't like that driver. They've got their favorite driver. I just love that. You know, Ethan, that like, we're living here in central Indiana and I hope that's something that they'll forever cherish. Yeah. Uh, I think it's one of the best places <laughs> grew up i grew up around here and like i i I never felt really scared about where i lived like my wife did i i felt close with the the town i lived in and so it's it's definitely a a good place i feel like to grow up and kind of make that connection i know everyone wants to get out but then like once you grow up you're like this isn't that bad (laughs) If if i move to california then everything's more expensive and i gotta worry about earthquakes instead of tornadoes still an issue we have to explain there are many perks living here mm-hmm. the fact that we don't get hit by hurricanes is one of them but yeah it is i think once you become a dad your perspective on that changes again as it does your perspective changes multiple times throughout your life but yeah you're kind of looking for that place like central indiana where it's safe you got family nearby or at least friends that are going to take care of you uh pretty good food Okay, college football teams. I still root for my Buckeyes and try to get my boys to, to root for them. But yeah, you're right. Hopefully, it's, they won't go down that path. All right, all right. not with out of state tuition. You're right. Uh, they're going to that's, Purdue. That's another episode for sure. So you mentioned that kind of came to Indy because kind of got family and stuff. Are, are you surprised how much family is kind of ingrained into your parenthood? Yeah, I think especially the way that. Our family, they never, they don't ever seem to view it as a burden. And I think I always feel like it is when we ask, Mm -hmm. but I don't know why Ethan, like why I have this anxiety of burdening my kids with our family, but they don't like, we're just really lucky to have family nearby that will either come to our house or we'll take, we'll take our kids over to their house. Today, they were with their grandma and she took them to the Children's Museum. I mean, there's going to be memories that they cherish, I hope, mm-hmm. for the rest of their life. And yeah, I, am, I, I feel really lucky that we have yeah. that feeling your butt. Yeah, I kind of feel the same way. And then I've stopped kind of feeling that way more recently because it's like, oh, hey, okay, well, I get a little break now, so that's fine. I'll take it's, it. Uh, no, I, I agree with you. Just the fact that they're there and and give them a call at any time of the day. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know, man. I don't know how people do this parenting thing without family nearby. Yeah. And like, yeah, it's expensive to do daycare if you got to do that or even just getting a babysitter that you trust. Like, mm-hmm. like just think about like if we didn't have our family to babysit our kids for like a weekend here and there, I couldn't think of anybody. <laughs> And so it's, it's such a nice thing to have that family support. And, you know, they always said it takes a village to raise kids. Yeah, it does. If we had to do, I think back to 2020 and that's when our youngest was born the day the lockdown happened. And so she, for like a year, didn't really interact with anyone from the family. It was all on us. And that was such a challenge because you couldn't have them come in. 
she had uh she was born with one working kidney so she was a little bit more like susceptible to something happening so we had to be extra cautious so it was tough and i think that's what really made it like so much that we are now we're so more welcoming for them to be come in and replace that time we miss but it's it's definitely something i'm i'm glad we have one one good thing that came out of all that was it felt like a reset for a lot of us you hit on it i mean just a reset of priorities of valuing people humans so there was some good that came out of that pandemic as well but yeah and i i'd also add too just the family like they they have their own strengths and their own interests my uh with my father-in-law, like my boys love going on his boat. And that's like some memories and things that they cherish. And they love baking things with their grandma. They love going to visit my parents and we're in a rural area and just like running free. So that's, that's like really nice too, that you don't, you don't have to take that burden on as a parent, right? That you got to teach, especially that you have to teach them all these life skills because you've got other people that are gifted mm-hmm. at it that are able to do those as well. What would you say would be your best dad advice that you would give to other dads or the best dad advice you've heard given to you? Ooh, I'll go back to what we were talking about earlier in relation to the, the miscarriages and just, we got to talk about this stuff. I think, especially as dads, like what we got to talk about our wins, our roses. We got to talk about our thorns. Because not only does it take a village to raise a kid, but like it takes a village to keep everyone healthy so the village can thrive and succeed for future generations. And that means, means dads too. And I hope that I, I struggle sometimes to communicate when I'm feeling down or feeling inadequate. And I wish I wouldn't. And I'm thankful for what you're doing, Ethan, with this podcast, uh, what you do on Twitter. And just to know like, okay, there's someone out there. There's someone else out there that we can share these things with. So that's my, my own advice. And another, another thing that comes to mind, my wife and I recently listened to a podcast from uh, Andy and Sandra Stanley. Andy's a pretty well-known pastor, but I really like they had two rules in their house for their kids growing up. And it was don't lie and honor your mother. And I think the more I brew on those two things i think like yeah if you can raise kids that do that they're going to be fine in this world and especially if we can raise young boys to do that i think that takes care of a lot of the other societal issues that's my thoughts ethan yeah the communication i think is like we talked about earlier like as dads we <laughs> we most of us struggle with communication especially when it's emotion and feelings that is the hardest thing to do and to actually not be afraid to talk about it is important how they really feel about school or how they really feel about that different activities they're doing they may just be playing soccer because you signed them up and they they hate it but you don't know really until you really ask them like want to be honest and don't be afraid to tell your feelings as well like yeah because then they they know that it's a safe space and if if we don't if we don't educate and and raise our kids, someone else will. Yeah. And that may not that that person or people may not be a good influence. So it's a heavy burden, but uh 
it's also exciting to think about Ethan that like we have a chance to set the foundation for many, many bricks of our family tree. That was a terrible analogy. Uh, <laughs> we're, we're one branch of this tree that uh, from which are going to have many shoots. And I mean, we get to determine whether that's going to be a strong, healthy branch or one that's not. And luckily they have car seats, so they should continue <laughs> further along than the other back in the day. Let's hope so. So I, I always like to kind of end these with like a fun question. And that is, who is your favorite TV or movie dad? Oh, definitely Phil from Modern Family. <laughs> yeah. Hand, hands down. The episode we watched last night is when he gives his daughter Haley a book called Phil's Osophy. We one line zingers. And I remember my wife looked at me. She's like, you would do something like that for our boys when they go to college with you. So, uh. It's just a good reminder, though, that we got to make it fun. Oh, yeah, for sure. Uh, it's hard for me, like on Twitter, not just to post something from Phil every every day because <laughs> there's there's so they're they're so random and out of nowhere that they're they're fantastic. So, yeah, he's definitely one of my favorites for sure. Well, Dustin, it's been great to have you. Thank you so much for coming on the, the podcast. Do you have any other sage wisdom and advice you want to share? No, because I just look forward to consuming the, all the sage wisdom and from other dads on your podcast and the stuff that you post on Twitter. Ethan, thanks again for doing this for us. I want to thank Dustin so much for joining us today. Great insight and great outlook on being a father. Stuff we can take to heart and know to be better dads. If you liked the show, go tell someone. Go tell another dad you know. And if you want to contact us, you can do it easily on social media. Indie Dads Podcast on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Or you can reach out to us on our website, Indie.com. There's all the shows there if you want to listen there. And you can leave us a voicemail that we can feature on the show. If you got a joke or advice or want to be featured on the show, you can reach out to us that way as well, as well as leave us an email if you don't want to record. We just want you to be part of the community and be part of the show because this is not just for me. This is not just to hear my voice. No, 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 no. I want to connect with you guys because a strong connection of dads is much better than a dad alone. So again, thank you so much for listening. And we will see you next week because a dad's work is never done.